Welcome to the Design for a Living podcast with Chelsea Coriel. On this week's episode, I'm going to be talking about what to say and how to say it. This is something that it comes up all the time when I'm coaching with designers and working with designers, even here in my store. And I was reminded about it today as I was talking to Vanessa, hi Vanessa, uh, in Zurich, Switzerland. She's a beautiful designer. She's just starting out. She's a little nervous and and we have to uh, encourage her to step up and follow her dreams and go for it and build her design business. Um, but it kind of, this, this, this topic came about because I was hearing her say some things uh, clients hadn't called back or a new client that she was thinking of getting and didn't call back. And um, I could hear it right away when she said, she told me what she told the client or, or this person that had called and reached out to her on Instagram. And right away I could hear like, oh, if you just flipped what you said and said it a different way, it might've been successful. So what happened, someone reached out to her, and currently she has a full-time position, the uh, the designer that I was speaking with. She has a full-time position at a job that um, is, you know, kind of in our field. And it's something that she's been there for a while and she makes a good living, but she's not happy. This is not feeding her soul, but she's not quite financially set up in her new business to drop the old one. And, and her current uh, job is full-time. And so right now, she's really trying to build this business on the weekends, which is tough. It's hard to do. If you really want a successful business, you know, I always say it, this cannot be part or it cannot be uh, in your spare time. It has to be part-time or full-time, but not in your spare time. And right now, that's what she's kind of, she's she's stuck, right? And, and we understand that there's a lot of people who want to start their design business and they're not quite ready to give up the security of a job. So this person had reached out to her and was proposing that this designer work on an entire house for her. And the first thing she said was, I actually have a full-time job, and so I'll only be able to meet with you on weekends. And I might be paraphrasing a little. And it, it occurred to me that I would have said... Wonderful. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad you found me. I'd love to help you with your project. Come see your project. You know, I'm looking at my calendar and I am completely booked, but I have an opening this Saturday. Would that work for you? She doesn't really need to get in to um, her, her personal situation or that she has another job or that she's only doing this part-time. The new client doesn't care. They just want a designer. They only care about them. They care about themselves. They need a designer. And by putting a barrier in front, like I only can meet certain days, right there, that's a negative, right? That tells the client, I'm busy. This is going to be a problem. You're going to have to work around my schedule. And that's the last thing that you want to do. So it isn't just what you say, right? It's how you say it. And, and it really is a common theme. As a designer, you can be so talented. You can, you can have great, brilliant you know, groundbreaking design ideas. But if you can't sell it to your client, if you can't sell your designs or sell your services or sell yourself, you're never going to get that final excitement of being a designer, seeing your designs come to life, seeing, you know, what that looks like in, in real time, in real space. 
That's the the really cool part about being a designer. This is something you came up with in your head and your imagination, and now you get to see it come to life. And you'll never get to that place if you put barriers in front of yourself. So I'm going to tell you a few more stories, some other things that I've uh, run into on this situation and things that I've heard at the store. They might resonate with you, um, but hopefully it's something you can learn. So you'll start to be really aware of what you say and how you say it. Going all the way back to my first uh, position at a design job at Expressions, um, we did an exercise where we were taught that the word no, just no in anything. Would you like coffee? No, I'm okay. The word no has such an obviously negative connotation that psychologically your brain starts to do little check marks, negative, 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 no, 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 stop, stop, stop. So we were challenged. We weren't really allowed to say the word no. <laughs> uh, do you have a public restroom? Actually, um, you know, you, oh, let's see, how would I say that? Uh, we have a restroom that only, uh, or, or that's for our employees. Anything to take the word, literally the word no out. What if someone asks you, you know, does this sofa come in a, in a bigger size? And it doesn't. Well, you could say, actually, this sofa comes in three different sizes. There's a small love seat, there's a condo size, and then there's a standard. Do you know the size of your space? Uh, you know, we do offer uh, complimentary first house calls. I can come to your space and I can measure and see which is the perfect size. But I didn't say no, right? It, it was hard. It, it was something that we really had to practice, something we had to work on. And I started to realize how there's so so many parts of your life that that actually helps. So it's sort of like saying, you know, or like. Uh, any speech teacher will tell you to try to avoid those phrases. See if you can not say the word no. It's a challenge. It's hard. You really have to kind of put some thought into it. But you'll practice, and it does make a difference. People like to be surrounded by yeses and positive. They don't want anyone to put that stop. Another one did just happen yesterday, Shraddha, who you all met, hopefully, on the last podcast. Someone was asking, we have great um, drawer pulls and handles. It's a company called Top Knobs. I love them. They're heavy duty. It's solid. One of my favorites. And a client was interested. She's doing a lot of different remodeling projects in her house, but one of the things she wanted to do was update the hardware in her kitchen. And she was asking, can I take these samples home? Well, the simple answer is no. We don't do that. We don't let clients take on the samples because we'll never see them again. <laughs> and our goal is to always get in the client's house. So I coached Radat. She came and asked the designer wants to, or the client wants to know if she can bring these home. And I told her, "You can say these samples actually we, the entire design team uses, but I can bring them to your house. Are you available tomorrow?" <laughs> then then the client asked, "Well, if I just bought one of each, can I return the ones that I don't like?" No. <laughs> Shraddha told her, actually, I think it would be more beneficial if you could actually see the piece in your house. And I can bring the board to your house. We can take each sample off and then we can hold it up and see if the color's going to match, if the size is right. That's going to give you a better idea of how this is going to look in your house. She didn't say no. And guess what? She's on a house call right now. And she brought six of these giant boards <laughs> with all of the handles on. It worked. But now she's in the house, right? She actually gets to be there and see these projects that the client's working on and maybe we can help. Maybe there's a, a way in to say, oh, your living room, it's beautiful. Do you have furniture coming? Have you ordered furniture yet? 
I could see, you know, a, a different layout here or there, there are just ways that getting into that house opens up your entire relationship with the client. It can really snowball into a full house or a full home design, but it was just on how she said something. The other thing that, um, that I hear a lot of designers doing, it, it's, it comes down to sort of the power. And I talk about that, giving your clients too much power. And what I mean by that is they've come to you as a designer. They've come to you as a professional because they're not able to design as well as you could. This isn't what they dream about. They don't love furniture like we do. And so when you give them too many choices and you say things like, I found these three rugs, what do you think? Which one do you like? You've given away your design power. You've given away that expertise, that professional aspect that you bring to the relationship. And I always use the analogy, you wouldn't tell your doctor, I only want you to look at this mole, not this one. And no, I don't think you should biopsy that. No, how about that? You let the professional do their job. Rather than saying, here are three, what do you think? I always say, I found this amazing rug for the space. Isn't it beautiful? Look how it ties in the color of the sofa with the artwork. And it really is the one piece that ties the whole room together, right? The rug ties the room together. But just by switching that that phrase, it makes such a difference. Now it's the power's back with you. Now you've made decisions. You've chosen because you found the right piece for the right space. Now you can always have those other two in your back pocket. You can always have those other two printed out. If someone says, the, the client says, oh, I, you know, my husband's going to hate that. He doesn't like blue or we don't want shag anymore. We have, you know, children and dogs. No problem. I always have some back pocket ideas that are going to look just as great, but I have them just in case something comes up and maybe there's a problem with my first choice. Then you can pull out your second and third choice, but you haven't told them it's less than, right? You haven't said, eh, okay, well, you don't like this rug, but I guess you can use this. It's still a positive, right? It's still a way that you're in control. You have these other, because that's what you do. You're a professional. So you always have some back pocket choices that will work just as well in the project if there's any reason that one piece doesn't work. It's still you being a designer and being positive and upbeat. That's what's going to win you clients and that's what's going to win their trust. That's what makes the project easier because you have some control as the artist. Now, these days, one of the big problems that designers have is the length that it's taken to get furniture or products, right? And we're almost, ex- I'm exhausted myself talking about it because it's every day. Every day, this is what we deal with is, where's my furniture? Why is it taking more than six weeks? Because we have a global pandemic and the entire shipping industry has come to a screeching halt. But we have learned that rather than apologizing, we thank them. When a client calls and they're upset, we could easily say, I'm so sorry. I know you're upset. This is really frustrating. I apologize. And that's kind of what we were doing before. And then it occurred to me, and and I think I had read an article about being positive and how to flip something around. And I thought, we just need to thank them for their patience. So when someone calls and they're upset, now I say, isn't it crazy? This, this 
a whole world that we've been in just turned upside down and it's so hard to get products. Boy, I really appreciate your patience. All of my customers have been so great and so patient and we're all in this together. We're just going to have to tough it out. If there's anything I can do to help, you know, I'll keep you updated. I'll, I'll, I can call weekly. I can update you if I hear anything. Isn't this a, a crazy world? Thanks again for being so kind and so patient. <laughs> Let them fight you on that. Well, actually, I'm not a kind person. I want my furniture now. But you get the point. It's, it's how you say something. We're still telling them the same thing, right? But, but I've turned it into a positive. Here's another example um, that it's what you say. <laughs> and I've told this story a few times in, in uh, some of my YouTube videos, so you may have seen it. But this was a big lesson. And one of the things I teach is when you go to that first house call, Notice everything, right? Notice the the bag that they carry, the car that they drive, the music they listen to. Notice how they live their life. Notice, you know, are their kids running around? Are they uh, the type of people that want you to take your shoes off because they don't want anything to get dirty? Everything matters. And you need to be aware of that when you're speaking to them. If you start talking about, uh, you know, a client's got kids running around and clearly there's peanut butter smeared on the walls. Don't start talking about the beauty of white fabric. Don't start talking about silk and glass tables. Clearly, this is a client that's going to need more durable fabrics. This is when you start talking about um, performance fabrics and durability of well-crafted wood furniture. And But it's because you've noticed things. And there was a designer in San Diego, um, Helen. I love Helen. I hope she's doing great. And uh, I was working with her. I actually was fortunate enough to get to go onto one of her house calls so I could walk through it with her. And it was a lovely woman down in San Diego. We were walking through this house and she was showing us these beautiful uh, carvings of the Virgin Mary that she had. And they were very prized to her and she'd like to incorporate them. And as we were going through the house, I I didn't even pick up on it, that that was a really specific religious artifact to her. And Helen had presented the entire part. She'd created the design and when she went to go present to the client, she kept talking about the qi flow and um, feng shui and Eastern beliefs and the way furniture is laid out. And Helen had called to me and said, Chelsea, I don't know what happened. I got just like this ice cold feeling. She didn't like anything. She didn't say anything. And she just thanked me and I left. I thought, well, that's not right. You know, something must have happened. What happened? What did you say? What did you say? So she spoke to the woman and she said, you know, did I do something wrong? Is there something? She said, actually, uh, my Catholic faith is very important to me. And you kept mentioning Eastern religions. And I just don't want to be a part of that. If Helen had just removed that verbiage, if she had just not said those few words, The woman might have loved her design and bought the whole thing, but she just didn't catch that that Catholicism and that Eastern religion might not be a great combination for everyone. So in this situation, it's better to not say anything, right? Unless the client reaches out and says, you know, I really want to incorporate some, you know, Eastern techniques and some feng shui, and I want the, the chi to flow freely, then maybe not mention it or or ask up front, have you heard about feng shui? Are you interested in that at all? And let the client then say, no, not really. Oh, all right. Well, let's just make your space beautiful. (laughs) But if she just hadn't said that one thing, the entire project would be different. 
And she wouldn't have had a, a, an unhappy client, right? So it's important to think about you know, what you're saying, how you're saying it. Practice with someone. When you do the final exam for my my training course, it's actually a, a mock project. I give you an example of a my most typical design client and their situation and the space and all of these little details you pick out. And uh, and this Vanessa, pay attention because what I'm looking for is a week later when you present it to me, I want to hear that you've taken all of those facts little snippets that you would have gotten on that first house call and you've incorporated it into your design. I say uh, in the analogy that Mrs. Fancy Pants loves crocheting by the fire while watching Downton Abbey. Right there, that should tell you, oh, Downton Abbey, she probably likes a little more romance. She likes uh, an older classic feel, maybe, uh, you know, a, a British feel more Tudor or, um, you know, Staffordshire dogs or... It's something that is dear to her, enough to where you wrote it down as a notice. You know, she likes to crochet and watch this one program. What is it about the program she likes? She likes to crochet. Oh, she should have a comfortable chair next to the fireplace with maybe a low table someplace that she can keep her yarn on. Um, Or maybe it's some decorative baskets near the foot of the chair where she can store her yarn. It's those little details Now, cut two, when you're presenting to the client, you'll say, now, Mrs. Fancy Pants, I I know you love Downton Abbey. So do I. Aren't the the colors are just so rich and beautiful? So I thought I would incorporate a little bit of that uh, sort of Tudor flair or, you know, beautiful countryside, English countryside um, into your design. Right there, you've told the client, I listen to you. I care about you. This design is about you. It's not about the hottest trend. It's not about me creating a, a monument to myself. I listened to you and I cared enough to incorporate what you said, what you like in your life into your design. <laughs> that was a freebie, Vanessa, for the, <laughs> for the presentation. Because that's what I'm looking for. When I first started uh, coaching and, and really teaching designers online, and I had sort of a, a more of a typical test, right? It was a multiple choice. It was things like that. And I realized that doesn't tell me about what kind of designer you'll be. That might tell me if you're a book smart. That might tell me if you if you are really good at designing. But it doesn't tell me what kind of designer you're going to be. A good designer is able to connect with that client, to get down to, to their personal level and, and let them know that I value that this is your space and this is your personal home and I'm going to respect that and I'm going to care for that and I'm going to you know, really think about everything you've told me when I'm creating this space for you. And so the more you talk about that, mention the little things, mention their dog's name, mention the grandkid's name. Oh, you know, is Billy coming over this weekend? You said that, you know, sometimes it shows the client, oh, well, thank you. You know, you've really, you, you've connected with me and you care about me personally. So it, it's it's what you say, it's how you say it, and it's being really thoughtful and mindful. Because if you screw it up at the beginning, you never get the client. If you really connect and say just these few things, start incorporating all of these techniques into your presentations, to your first house calls, to your touch base, to your meetings, even when you're just on the phone for the first time with a client. If you can get in the habit of saying these things, you will see your design business flourish. 
That's what people want. They want someone that's going to help them. They already feel bad that they don't have the same talent you do. They, they feel a little less than because they can't. Someone said, I thought to myself, can't I just design my own home? So many people can do that. My husband told me I should be able to do this on my own. Well, I'm grateful that not everyone can do it on their own because otherwise we wouldn't have a career. So the more personal you can get and really consciously using those phrases when you're talking to the client, repeating things back to them, um, mimicking their body language, mimicking certain types of language that they use, that's when you're really going to get these clients to fall in love with you. This is when they spread your name to all of their friends. And you're going to do the same thing with their friends. But it's going to be a whole different thing. I think I've told you, I've had um, three clients in the same neighborhood. They were all friends. And they had completely different tastes, completely different styles. But one of them said, I just can't believe you have the exact same taste as me. And I thought, <laughs> no. But I'm aware of it. I'm very mindful. And I take all of that into consideration. And I'm very aware of what I say and how I say it. I hope this helps, right? It's it's You can be great at designing. You can be a whiz at putting colors together and fabrics and just, you know, this this room that should be in a magazine. But you'll never make money as, as a designer. You'll never have a real career unless you figure out the people side of it, unless you can figure out how to persuade people that this beautiful design you've come up with, with them in mind, is the right one for their home. You don't want to insult them. You want to make them feel at ease and good about the process and having fun. But you just have to be aware of what you say and how you say it. I hope this helps, everyone. Send me questions. I'd love to know. How is it going? How are you working? How are your, your design clients coming along? Have you run into any roadblocks? Do you have problems that you want me to solve? And I'm happy to do it. Reach out. You can email me. You can leave comments on YouTube. You can leave comments on Instagram. Um, Pierce is always checking for me and she gives me my list in the morning now of all of the people I need to answer back or reach out to. So please send the information in. I'm happy to help. I'd love to hear more stories. Thank you, everyone, and happy designing. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Design for a Living with Chelsea Coriel. Our episodes will be dropping on Sunday, so stay tuned. We are on Google Podcasts and Spotify, so stay tuned for that and follow along. Thanks so much for being with us. Find us online at designforaliving.com. Visit us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and House at Design for a Living. If you'd like to submit a question or request a topic, email us at chelsea at designforaliving.com. That's C-H-E-L-S-E-A at designforaliving.com.